It's about creating conversations. Arrow.net. A-R-R-O-E.net. We are unplugged and totally uncut with Catherine Drake. Hi there. What's going on with you today on this good Friday? It's a gorgeous day here in Vermont. It's beautiful out. Sun is shining. A little cold. <laughs> the same Things is so the same is so true down here in Carolina. A little bit chilly, but you know it's it's it, the sun is out and it's and it's just I, I'm in a forest and so when these trees are lit up like this, it's like yeah, it's time to write. Nice, yeah. Where 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 does your writing bug find its inspiration? Where where is it beginning for you? I enjoy the mornings. Yep. I get up early before anybody else and get it done. And I find that's my brain is on fire in the morning. I wake up with all kinds of ideas and I try to just down a couple of co- couple of cu- cups of coffee and get at it. Yeah, absolutely. You got to have that coffee, man. That that Joe in the morning. There, there's a reason why it's there. <laughs> my coffee pot is set to five a.m. Really. So that it's ready for me. Yeah. So as a creative mind, the scent of that coffee that I mean, that puts you in that place, that zone, because a lot of people, you know, when because they have a creative mind, they don't understand the relationship between that and creativity. And man, you got to figure out where the fuel is. Yes, for sure. Yes. And and that's why I mostly like to work in the morning, because like I said, my my brain's on fire. I'm ready to roll. <laughs> so true. So the name of the book is The Treehouse on Dog River Road. So you had me at hello because I am a treehouse person. I we, we have we have places here in the Carolinas where people rent treehouses to stay in it for the weekend. I am aware. Be, um, I am a huge treehouse fan. Um, part of the reason why I wrote the book around building a treehouse is that my husband and I have um, long relationship with building structures and nice. um, really enjoy it. We've built a treehouse, we've built some other things, and there's just such a wonderful thing in particular about these treehouses, especially these kinds that you people can stay in. They're just, they're just special places. And for kids, it's just a wonderful opportunity to play outside, engage with nature. What yeah. what took your creative mind into this storyline? So, um, I'm the mother of two daughters, and they're adults, and they, you know, were go- gone off to college, and it was really fun to watch they and their friends um, experience life after college. And what I was witnessing was a bunch of these just smart kids running off to the cities with their friends, and they embarked on these careers. You know, they're 17, 18, 19 when they go off to college, then they have to pick a major. <laughs> and, you know, they all were ending up in these cities and kind of unhappy after a couple years, but paralyzed with indecision about how to change it up. So I wanted to write a story about somebody who did stop and say, wait a minute, this isn't the life for me. I got to make the change before it's too late. She was 28. She'd been working for a few years in Boston, and she that just was where it came from and where it went. And yet she meets up with Nathan, who isn't afraid to move from city to city to city. Yeah, so Nathan, so the story takes place in, um, again, she moves to Waterbury, Vermont, and she's going to be taking care of these two little kids for the summer, and Nathan is the guy next door. And she's really into, you know, taking the summer off and thinking about how she wants to make her best life. And this guy next door is kind of interrupting her, you know, her 
process of figuring out where she what her next move is going to be because she doesn't want to have him impact her decision making and he is um a native of vermont so he had kind of done the same thing he had left college went off to some cities but then ultimately when the opportunity presented itself he came back to vermont to be near his family See, I can, I can so relate with Hannah on this in the way that, you know, that, you know, finding that one place where, where you know, it's like, I'm going to put my roots down here because I ran away from Montana at such an early age thinking, OK, I'm in radio. I'm going to go see the world because that's what you do in radio. And I got to Carolina and 37 years later, I'm still here. And it's like, oh, my God. And I think that's the reason why I can relate with this book, because I was one of those people that just went, blip, blip, stop. And, you know, it's it's all where you live informs your life. I mean, it's it's just it the people you meet, the people you bring into it, what you do for work. So it's it's a critical decision. And I and I just want to I kind of wanted to inspire people to especially young, you know, women, young people to to think about that, not just kind of go with the gang um, because it really does make a difference mm-hmm. and no, no more. So than when you start a family and you're far, far away from your fa- you know, from potential help with your, your parents and such. Right. Well, you, you speak of the lay of the land and how it shapes us and everything like that. I, I, I am such a believer in that because I believe that uh, for a lot of writers, the, the real story is coming from the trees and rocks. Do you believe that? Mm hmm. Absolutely. Um, And the book includes a lot of sense of place. Mm -hmm. And I'm very, um, I had a career in the environmental and conservation world. And so that is a big part of what I believe in. And, um, you know, I wanted to kind of write a very light book that addresses this in a light manner to maybe reach a different type of audience. And, um, yeah, I, I feel very strongly about that. I try and get outside as much as possible, and that's where that restores me. Man, this this book comes out at a great time. When you talk about, you know, it's about a sense of place, there's a lot of uncertainty still in this place, and people need to locate their place. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Um and Vermont's a great place to do it. I gotta say, you know, it's, <laughs> I didn't always live here, but it was my chosen home um, when I had the opportunity. And I'm never leaving. And um, my daughters have followed us here, and they are setting down roots here. So it's it's pretty exciting. So did you have one of those moments like I did on March 11th, 1985, where I stepped out of that U-Haul truck after 59 and a half hours <laughs> of driving, and I and I, I I put my feet on the ground here in Carolina and said, Oh my God, I think I'm home. I love North Carolina. So interestingly, I was born and raised in Kendall, Florida, which is south of Miami. Mm -hmm. And when I was 16 years old, I wanted desperately to get out. And so I got my parents to agree to let me go to college a year early at Appalachian State University. No, go Mountaineers. Yes, yes. And I I can't believe they let me in. Go Mountaineers. I had never seen snow. I hadn't seen, you know, it was hilarious. So I show up there very young. um, And so I spent two years in North Carolina. I still have my parents retired there. My my brother has a house there. So I'm I'm very familiar with North Carolina um, and love it. And so, yeah, I have I have roots there, sort of, um, not roots, but just a, a real affection for for the state, and you know, so that's that's something that's important to me at such a young age. I'm like, this is pretty. This is where I want to go to college, <laughs> and so that kind of started. Now, the funny thing about that is, 
I couldn't afford the out-of-state tuition, so I had to go back down to University of Florida where I met a guy and we fell desperately, madly in love, <laughs> got married at 20. Yeah. And then uh, we embarked on a life that it was in New Jersey. Ooh. <laughs> I know. Like, so I kind of, I kind of did have, but, but weirdly enough, you know, everybody, if you haven't been, if you don't know New Jersey, you have maybe have an impression that's not accurate. And I worked in environmental and conservation fields. So I got to see just incredible for 30 years. I worked in, you know, some of the most beautiful places in the country. New Jersey is very diverse that way. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but I always might, but once we would live there, we went up to Vermont a lot and I found that that was, I, I particularly enjoy the, um, the, less dense population of Vermont. Mm -hmm. New Jersey is kind of crowded. So, Well, speak, speaking of that Jersey career, what, what led you mm -hmm. to the writing instrument? Because, I mean, you know, there, there are so many hider writers, the people that write mm -hmm. and put it in a box and then you never see the writing again. What, what was yeah. that inspiration for you to say, okay, I, this book does not belong to me. It needs to be set free. So what happened was I had retired somewhat, you know, after we raised our kids, we decided to leave New Jersey and go to Vermont. And I had quit my job and when I got here I enjoyed life for a while and I had been a voracious reader all my life not a writer I was never a writer I didn't write much of anything Christmas letters that <laughs> made fun of my family I think was like the extent of my writing and of course I wrote for work but it was technical and difficult and different so um, I wanted the personal challenge of putting together a story and a book and I just want to, you know, I, I'm like, how hard can this be? Well, it turns yeah. out it's, kind of, it's, it's a little tough. It's, it, it is, um, you know, it was such a challenge to try and create a world with different, you know, with unique people in it and, and just try and put it all together in a, in a way that would, people would want to read it. I didn't actually ever have a dream of being an author or I didn't even when I was writing this book I never even thought I would publish it mm -hmm. so that came later but um, the actual writing I love I'm gonna I have two or three more projects that I want to do and this was sort of the kickoff to see if I could do it yeah, because one of the things, especially with writers, is that they don't realize that when you sit down to write a book you're not getting that time back so you might as well go into it a hundred percent mm-hmm Right, exactly. And I find it so transportive. I yes. sit, when I sit down to write, I you the time goes by so fast, but <laughs> I find the difficulty is making the time to do it. Yep. I started this book in 2017. Again, I wasn't in, I was not in any rush because, you know, I did it when I felt like it kind of thing. Um but then once it sort of got going, then I worked, you know, I worked harder on completing it. Um so yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those. It, you've you've got to have the daily discipline. So how did how did you deal mm -hmm. with the perfectionist? Because that monster is always knocking on your shoulder. Oh, I don't have that. No, I, lucky <laughs> you. <laughs> Again, I think there's some when you don't know what you're embarking on. Like I wasn't afraid. Like I people say, oh, do you get writer's block? And I'm no. I mm -hmm. have the opposite problem. I have so many things I that you know. I'm so many things I want to do with these characters, and I had to get rid of some. You know what they call um, your darlings, killing your darlings. Yep. I had to. You know, I had to edit those out. And um, but you know, I was also learning 
the craft of writing as I was writing the book. So there was always something going on in terms of not just writing the book, but learning a lot about how to, you know, structure and outlining it. it and, and, you know, just so much. That, that's you know, yeah, yeah and that's one of the things that scares a lot of people away is that when they have to go in there and they have to edit out things I always call those wine glass moments I need to have a glass of wine <laughs> and go in there and and take out the sensors and just you know just just start editing things out yeah I did I did a, this is another funny thing that I did that I don't think is very unu- is pretty unusual I did I had zero beta readers oh I didn't I wrote this book entirely by myself I didn't let anybody like read it I let my sister right read one chapter very early and because she's you know i knew she would give me an honest and she said keep going so i did (laughs) and then um i did and then she never got to read it again and i finally you know i got i started what i did was i hired uh i went to a writer's conference and i paid for a professional review of the manuscript when it was complete because i didn't want I, I didn't want, you know, people I love telling me, oh, it's that's so right. good, that's right. you know, so I wanted, and you know, and so, but that's not a great way of doing it, I learned, because I wish I had had a writer's group and some people to give me feedback earlier in the game that may have made it go smoother, um, because once I got these professional editors, it took me some time to undo some stuff that I might have, <laughs> might have made the process faster. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I like having these conversations with authors. And the reason why is because this is the inside sleeve that we used to find in albums and, and where mm-hmm. we got the story and we got to hear what the, you know, the ups and the downs and the twists and the turns were of a story coming together. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is that as a writer, when we envision our characters, who is Hannah in real life? Oh, that's a great question because she's a little bit of every great woman I know. Uh, with the flaws and the good parts, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, she's she's one of these people who like, it doesn't occur to her not to do something. You know, she went she went for two years and worked in a nonprofit for a nonprofit in Africa after college, which is something one of my daughters did. Oh, wow. And I drew from that. Um, she my whole family, most of I shouldn't say all but most of my family is in the nonprofit world. So that kind of informed her thinking. And I have, you know, just little different um, people that I've known kind of incorporated into a what I consider to be a, a great yet flawed character. Wow, wow. Listeners need to really embrace you. What, where can they go to find out more about you and to to really dig into the treehouse on Dog River Road? Is is that such a road, or did you did that come to you? So it's so funny because the treehouse. I called it. I just again. I just kind of called the book the treehouse book uh, for a while, and then when I had to pick out a title, I, there's a there's a river called the Dog River, and there's a road called Dog River Road, and oh. I just, I literally passed it one day, and that's when I decided to make that the road that they lived on, because <laughs> it's such a cute name, you know, and I, and there's a dog in the book, oh. so the dog is central in the book, and um, so that seemed to be a good kind of connection too. <laughs> the dot <Yeah>, on the <laughs> map. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you can find Dog River Road. It's a dirt road in Vermont. Uh, I think it's dirt. Yeah, I think it I think it is. Come to think of it. It's in um near Montpelier, the state capital. 
Wow. Where can people go to find out more about you and to give you some love? Oh, thank you. Um, CatherineDrake.com is my website, Catherine with a C. And um, I'm on Instagram at Catherine Drake Writes. Those are the two main places I hang out. Man, you got to come back to the show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you so much. I look forward to that, and you'd be well. <laughs> well, you, you've got you've got three more projects. You told me so, so I expect to talk to you during those I, projects. <laughs> oh, I think you'd. I would love to do that. Excellent. Well, you be brilliant okay. today. Thank you. You have a great day too.